The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this talk show or other talk shows broadcasting on KUCI, log on to our website at KUCI.org or check out the latest program guide. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine and KUCI.org on the web. Welcome to Privacy Piracy. I'm Lloyd. I'm the show's engineer, and your host is Mari Frank. Mari's a local attorney and certified information privacy professional. She's the author of several books, including Safeguard Your Identity, From Victim to Victor, and The Complete Idiot's Guide to Recovering from Identity Theft. She's testified many times in Congress and the California Legislature on privacy and identity theft issues. And you may have seen her on Dateline, 48 Hours, CNN, NBC, ABC, O'Reilly Factor, and many other shows, including her own 90-minute PBS television special, Protecting Yourself in the Information Age. To learn more about this radio show and our great guests, please visit KUCI.org slash privacypiracy. Hey, Mari, what's our show about today? Well, Lloyd, today our show is about consumer data and all of the challenges that we face as consumers with the concerns about privacy and what happens to us and how we get labeled. And we have a fabulous guest with us today. I'm going to tell you a little bit about him. He's an attorney from Pennsylvania, and I know he has done great work in the area of the Fair Credit Reporting Act and consumer data, so just I'm excited to have him on. Let me tell you a little bit about James A. Francis, who's been admitted to practice before the United States Court of Appeal for the Third Circuit, the United States District Court for the Eastern District of Pennsylvania, and the United States District Court for the District of New Jersey, as well as the Pennsylvania and New Jersey State Courts. Now, um, he has an outstanding uh, background here, but his focus in his practice is consumer protection litigation with a particular concentration on the Fair Credit Reporting Act, um, dealing with fair debt collection practices, the Fair Debt Collection Practices Act, and the con- and consumer class actions. And he is ranked one of the top 100 super lawyers in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania and in Philadelphia Magazine and Pennsylvania Super Lawyers Magazine. He's been regularly ranked on the top 100 super lawyers in Philadelphia since 2004, and he lectures and speaks a t- a extensively on the Fair Credit Reporting Act, and he's published articles, including his recent article for the ABA Journal, which I read, um, called The uh, FCRA, A Double-Edged Sword for Consumer Data Sellers, in the, and that was in the winter of 2012. He's appeared on various news programs, including Today Show, PBS NewsHour, and um, he's been featured in the Philadelphia Inquirer's biographical Q&A, and he's argued the seminal FCRA case of Cortez versus TransUnion Credit Reporting Agency before the Third Circuit Court of Appeals. And I want to talk about that and all the other things that he is so knowledgeable about. So I don't want to, I could go on and on about all his accolades, but let's just get him on. Jim, thank you so much for joining us all the way from the East Coast. 
Thank you for having me, Maury. So let's talk a little bit about, this was a very interesting case and kind of a case of first impression, right, with the Cortez case. Tell us about the facts and what happened. Yeah, well, the Cortez case was not only a case of first impression, it was the first case that we had ever seen in our firm or anybody in the country had ever seen where somebody had been labeled a terrorist um, on their credit report. So we represented um, a senior lady, uh, Ms. Cortez, um, who just innocently went to go buy a car one day from the John Elway uh, Subaru dealership. Um, and she's waiting and waiting and not knowing why her um, she's not getting approved, and she's seeing people through the window, through the, uh, the credit manager window, and they're all stirring around, and they're looking at her with very, very strange faces. Um, and it turns out that when they pulled her transunion credit report, on there was somebody else um, who had been on the government's uh, OFAC uh, watch list. Uh, and for those of you who don't know what that is, um, after 9-11, the government maintains a watch list called the OFAC list in which every terrorist, every person who is, who is considered to be an enemy of the United States, uh, for example, Osama bin Laden's name is on there, um, any terrorist who is international that the United States knows of, name is on there. And so there was another woman, a woman whose name was uh, Sandra Cortez Contero, whose name is on the OFAC list, who TransUnion mixed up with our client. Um, and um, she was told by the car dealership that she had to stay there. Uh, they told her the FBI was coming. She thought she was going to be arrested. Mm. Very, very harrowing ordeal for her. Uh, she then disputed the information with TransUnion. They first initially lied and told her they weren't reporting the information about her. Um, and then uh, they would send her copies of her credit report without the information on it. And then she would go and she applied for a, uh, an apartment, and it was there again. So mm -hmm. it was really um, the first case that we had ever seen of, of that type. And, you know, I just want to interject something here right now, that when consumers get their credit report, it is not the same credit report that creditors get and people don't know that and so I think that's really important because the creditors and the landlords get a different credit report than you get as the consumer report and so that's how a lot of these problems happen right Jim yeah that's right in fact this was a really bad example of that right. um, there are as you're, you're correct Mari that um, there are differences and there's certainly differences in the credit scores that lenders get than what consumers get when they order their credit report but this was even worse than that. Oh, this was TransUnion yeah. suppressing information from her when she asked for a copy of her credit report that they were giving to lenders and dealers. It, it's usually not that bad or that egregious right. when, when they're doing that. But um, the law is very clear. When a consumer asks for a copy of her credit report uh, or uh, consumer report from any consumer reporting agency, they have to give her everything in her file. And they were purposely holding something back because they knew that it was inaccurate and they knew that if she saw it, she would dispute it and it would cause problems for them, which it did. Yeah. So what happened when you filed a lawsuit on this one? Well, believe it or not, when we filed the lawsuit, the first thing they did is they, they basically said that they weren't responsible for the information because they were getting it from another company. Well, that didn't uh, <laughs> sit too well with the, uh, the judge and that uh, we beat that in the, uh, in the case. Um, and then they basically said that they weren't saying it was her. They were saying her name matched a name on the list. Well, that didn't go very far either, and that uh, approach was rejected. Um, 
Um, and then during the case, even after they said they were no longer reporting the information about her, she went to apply for, to, to get an apartment, and the uh, landlord ran a, a transunion uh, uh, credit report, and there it was again. And that looked really bad for them. So then um, they, they didn't even want to settle the case, surprisingly, and we ended up um, trying the case, um, and we got a $800,000 verdict that, uh, with punitive damages that the court uh, lowered uh, or remitted later, um, but the verdict stuck. Then we uh, they appealed it to the uh, Third Circuit Court of Appeals. I argued that, and um, the Third Circuit was so concerned with with this problem and this issue that it wrote a 91-page opinion, um, longest opinion I think I've ever read, actually, um, which basically slammed TransUnion and found that these practices are unacceptable that the uh, Fair Credit Reporting Act requires that um, credit reporting agencies must report information with a maximum possible accuracy standard. They can't hide information from the consumer when the consumer makes a request um, and upholding um, the punitive damages verdict. So it was a... um, it was a very uh, pivotal decision, one I'm very proud of and proud to have been a part of. Um, and uh, it, it has, uh, you know, basically paved the way for other other cases to be brought under the same type of uh, statute. Yeah, and that is really wonderful. Now, let me ask you something. When, when TransUnion said that they got information from another agency or another company, what company did they say they got it from? Uh, there was an, a company that was um, called Acuity that they had, um, but it was just a vendor that assembles data from, um, thir- uh, from, from other sources. Um, a lot of the Credit reporting agencies use other vendors right. um, or use other companies. Um, to me, it's actually one of the bigger problems yes. um, for consumers um, yeah. is that there is so much information sharing from company to company that it's very hard for consumers and almost impossible, basically, for consumers to know who is getting their information, where they're getting it from. Um, And that was an example here. And again, this is a product that TransUnion only started selling after 9-11, and and, uh, it became a product that other credit reporting agencies sell as well, which is this uh, Patriot Act uh, compliance, you know, making sure that people, which is, which the law itself is a good law, right? Preventing yeah. people from who are on uh, the terror, who, who are terrorists or who are, are um, on the OFAC list from getting credit. That's a, that's a, a very good law, uh, you know, yeah, something that yeah, everybody Yeah, we're trying to protect the country, yeah. Yeah, so uh, the idea was that this is supposed to protect the country and protect people, um, and in reality, what's, what what's happens is that it's, um, it's just being used to create false positives, yes. uh, falsely labeling innocent people, um, because the credit reporting agency doesn't feel like doing its job and making sure it has the right person. Yeah, and what's really dangerous, I mean, this was a, a kind of a mixed name. She had one name that matched, the, the Cortez name that match, right? But it wasn't the entire name. And they didn't investigate to make sure that it wasn't the same person, right? Well, the, the last name didn't even match. The last name of the uh, the person on the list was Quintero. Right, but uh, her third name, second last name, name was Cortez with a Z. Right. The, the actual person had a middle name of Cortez with an S, oh, had, had a date of birth that was 30 years different. <laughs> Um, and that's on the list, too. If you actually look at the OFAC yeah. list, it has um, the name of the person 
aliases that they've gone by, and usually the date of birth. So there was other information there that TransUnion could have cross-referenced right. um, to see that it wasn't it didn't, wasn't our uh, client. And you would think when when you know when you told them when you had to get involved to help, what you told them what was going on, and you showed them this evidence that they didn't offer you a ton of money and say go away. Now now you have this precedent that is um, actually thank goodness you had to go to trial. <laughs> Because now uh, this is going to be a um, you know a signal to all three credit reporting agencies, and this is something I think we're going to see more and more about. I have seen kids on watch lists who were had the same name as a terrorist, and one of my neighbors couldn't even get on an airplane because his name was similar to somebody who was um, a terrorist in Ireland. So you know we've got these with these lists that are just. Um, used and transferred and and shared and there. I mean, I I don't think this is the end of this. I think we're going to see more of it. But I think because of the great work that you did, Jim, you're going to the credit bureaus are going to be on notice that they are going to have to investigate. Right? I mean, that's pro- probably what that 96 page judgment said. Right? Yeah, exactly. So uh, this certainly woke them up that this is a this. This type of a product, even though it might not be a credit score, and even though it might not be a credit card account, um, if you're going to sell this to lenders and you're going to sell this type of information to to customers um, in the business world, you also have to tell consumers. And um, they they took the approach that because it wasn't actual credit data, they didn't have to disclose Ooh. it to her. Um, <laughs> and that was that is one of the the. the, the biggest and most significant uh, rulings um, from this decision is that any data sold about a consumer by the uh, credit reporting agency, if it's in their file and or they sell it about the consumer, they have to disclose it to the consumer. They can't pick and choose what information they want to give to the consumer. And this, again, was the first case that addressed this type of government watch list or terrorist data. And the Third Circuit made it very clear, if you're selling it in connection with a credit report, the consumer's entitled to see it, and you must use the same accuracy standards uh, that you're supposed to follow with credit reporting history. So it was very pivotal uh, and a, a very important uh, presidential decision for that reason. It's wonderful. You know, for years and years, because I deal with identity theft victims all the time, and they don't get the same report that, you know, that the creditors get, because sometimes we're able to, we're able to get the actual report that the creditor gets, and it, it is entirely different from what, you know, my clients have gotten. And I have been trying for years to get a law passed, and we try to do it in California, where the exact same report would be provided to the consumer as to the creditor, but they won't do that. But we did get a law passed that once you, for a mortgage, you can get the exact same one. And in fact, you can ask the creditor to, in California, we have a law that you can ask the creditor to provide you a copy of the report they have. So that helps a little, but the, but the credit reporting agencies don't want them to do that. Right. They no, you're right. And the California law, the, um, the CCCCRA, is a really strong law for consumers, and there are a lot of provisions in it that I think are, are better than are in the Fair Credit Reporting Act. Um, and it's a, it's a law that I think really is, is helpful for consumers. Yeah, because we have to see what's on there. 
how wonderful for this woman who otherwise she would have been blacklisted from getting an apartment be homeless right for nothing yeah exactly yeah Uh, and i i had a, a a client who was a victim of criminal identity theft and that he was on a, a list that he was fired from his job, and this was a background check. Now, let's talk about that a little bit, because background checks are also considered consumer reports, correct? Yes. In fact, I would say at least uh, a good portion, if not half, of my current caseload involves background checks, right? People hear the, the law. In fact, even sometimes the judges that we appear in front of hear the name of the law, fair credit reporting act and think it only governs um, credit reports you know right. a report which has credit accounts or credit history or credit score right. but the law is much broader the law uses a term consumer report yes. and that is basically any information about a consumer that um, reflects on the consumer's character their 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 background their in terms reputation. of any criminal records yeah. whether they have they owe debts or they they have uh, government tax liens um, whether or not you know they they, they they owe money it's a very very broad type of report that the fair credit reporting act actually covers and one of the most used ones or, or uh, more and more uh, used by employers are background checks which you're referring to yes, which is yeah. somebody goes and applies for a job an employer sometimes pulls a credit report but not in most situations but more and more employers are pulling background checks on consumers which fall right in the fair credit reporting act and that is usually criminal history of some sort um, and or any public records um, such as any you know tax liens or judgments that the consumer may have and I mean I can't tell you the number of cases that I have currently and I have had of somebody applying for a job and getting denied a job because somebody else's criminal information yes. shows up on their background check. Exactly. Exactly. That's what happened to my guy who was a victim of I- criminal identity theft. So yeah, so we've got, you know, I think it's important for people to know, and I'm so glad you brought it up, What that the Fair Credit Reporting Act includes consumer reports, which could even be landlord-tenant reports, right? That, even that's exactly. considered, and, and then you've got the background check and, you know, and your insurance background, and even medical insurance is... Uh, the MIB is a considered a consumer reporting agency. So, you know, it's hard for people to know all the different types of consumer reports that are even out there. People don't even realize they go, well, wait a minute, my check, you know, some, my, they wouldn't take my check, but it had nothing to do with me. But then even the check reporting agencies are considered, considered consumer reporting agencies, right? Correct. Yeah. And we have cases against some of the big uh, check history reporting agencies as well. Exactly. I, I think the hard thing for consumers is, at least with the credit reporting agencies, they all know about annual credit, you know, annual credit report uh, where you can get your free credit report once a year from each of the credit bureaus. But, you know, it's not so easy to find the free other reports that you're entitled to get. And so that's that's a real challenge. That has to be, I think, we need to have laws that make it very, very clear so that you could go to one place and find out everything that is being reported about you to everyone because it gets crazy. Right, Jim? Yeah, that's right. And um, our website, actually, we our firm sponsors a website um, uh, in 
which is creditreportproblems.com. That is a free resource for consumers, which we try to put as much as we can for people. Um, and one of the uh, pages that we have on the website is uh, a page which lists all of the other companies that are selling reports and information about consumers, you know, whether it's a, an insurance-type report or whether it's a background check, whether it's an MIB is on there. So all of the big consumer reporting agencies, uh, it, it has all of their contact information um, so the consumers can go and get a free copy of the information on them. And that's something that I would recommend. I, mean, I think you're right yeah. um, uh, that people now know, although that's fairly recent, that most people now know that they can get a copy of their credit report from each of the big three, Experian, Equifax, and TransUnion, once a year. But that's still relatively new since 2004 from the time that uh, the FACTA, the law amending the Fair Credit Reporting Act, was passed, requiring yeah. that information to be um, made to consumers free of charge. But there are all these other companies that are out there that also have information. And so I would take the top 15 companies and order my free reports once a year, at least, from each of these companies, you'd be, you'd be surprised to see what's on there. Yeah, and that's free, too. That's all under That was all under the Fair and Accurate Credit Transaction Act that you can get these free. So I'm going to say your, um, your, credit, your uh, URL again. It's creditreportproblems.com? Correct. Okay, so that's great, Jim. Thanks so much. So let's go back and, and talk a little bit about what do you see as the greatest threat to consumer privacy? Well, I really see uh, two things. Number one, um, the sharing of information by data sellers behind yeah. the scenes. Um, and what I mean by behind the scenes is a lot of the companies do not that sell consumer data do not view themselves as covered by the Fair Credit Reporting Act because they're not selling credit data. Right, right. And um, they should know better because presumably they would have lawyers or, or advisors or compliance people which should advise them of this. Um, but they're selling this data uh, in the shadows, behind the scenes. No one knows because they don't view themselves as regulated. They don't allow consumers to get the information that they sell. Um, so they're selling that information all the times behind the scenes in the shadows. So to the extent that that information is inaccurate, um, that's, that inaccuracy is going to be republished all over the place right. uh, in various channels. Um, and to the extent that they're not permitted to do that, um, the consumer has no idea that it's going on. And there's really no way for the consumer to know where the information's coming from, who's selling it, who they're selling it to. Right. Um, because as you said, what, what are they going to do? Make a request to a thousand companies and hope that maybe they hit the right ones? Right. So I think that's number one. And number two, obviously, this... Um, this incident of hacking um, is, is a big concern. Um, companies, retailers, not safeguarding their data appropriately, which to me is inexcusable. Um, but you would be very surprised. You hear these big retailers, whether it's Target or whether it's Sears or um, Home Depot, whoever it is, you would think these are mega corporations. They must have the most sophisticated systems in place to prevent the data from being leaked or sold or, or hacked into, and they really don't. And that is another serious concern. Yeah, and I think one of the serious concerns about that is that unlike with some like the being, being able to file a lawsuit under the Fair Credit Reporting Act, when you have a security breach, 
the, the courts have not really been lenient about letting you really bring a or having any kind of recovery for a cause of action unless you become a victim of identity theft. So even in California, with our California legislation that I help write, we have uh, a security breach law that says if you have computerized information that's unencrypted and it is stolen or lost or acquired by a third party who is not authorized, then they have a duty to notify you. But they can notify you, but basically, if you find out, you know, if you're worried about that, like, oh my gosh, they've got my social security number, and they've got all my health information, and they've got all this stuff, they've got my credit card accounts, they've got my investment accounts, okay, you can know about that, but when you go to file a lawsuit, few courts are really saying that you have any damages, right? Right. Yeah. Well, the law is not good, um, to be blunt, when it comes to data breaches. And hopefully we'll have some progress on that front at some point. But you're absolutely right. That is one of the problems with that, is that the, the, the cases that have challenged negligent enablement of um, either identity theft or um, negligent practices in terms of encrypting or safeguarding consumer data have not been particularly successful because the, the, the law is just not particularly strong. Right. I mean, you, you can get fined by the Federal Trade Commission or the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, but that doesn't help the victims, you know, right. the individual consumers. But I want yeah. to go back to one thing you were saying that I think is really important when you said there's, you know, for example, if you're denied an apartment and... and because of some report, right? And let's say it's not a credit report. Let's say it's some landlord-tenant report. You have a right under federal law to ask for a copy of that report, right? Isn't Correct. that true? So that at least you can find it out, but you have to, like, first you have to be denied something before you can get a copy of, of it unless you go to um, get your free consumer report. You wouldn't know. Like like Jim was saying, you're not going to go to, you know, 50 million places to try and get your reports, although, you you, you know, you can go to creditreportproblems.com and, and get some of the major ones. But a lot of the times you won't even know. Uh, until you have a bad experience, and that's when you're going to have to call someone like Jim. Um, right. Now, let me ask you uh, this. Um, do consumers, uh, let's see, um, oh, there's so many questions I had down here, but I, we don't have a lot of time. So what what is driving the increase in the sale of consumer data that we've been talking about? Well, I think the primary factor is automation, right? Mm-hmm. 20, 20 years ago, or certainly 30 years ago, when um, somebody wanted a credit report, if a mortgage lender wanted a credit report, okay, they would uh, get a paper uh, copy in the mail, uh, or maybe even in the later days, faxed to them. Um, and the lender had to sit down and go through all of this data and figure out, you know, look through 12 pages of a credit report and see whether or not the credit history looked acceptable or not. Um, now all of that information is automated and reducible to a score, okay? So lenders are able to make decisions without having to look at the underlying data, without having to shuffle through 12 pages of a credit report. They know, for example, a car dealership knows when the, they, they want to sell a car to somebody, they can find out in three minutes if the person has a score 720 or above, they get the best financing and they know that they can get the car financing approved through A, B, and C companies. Right. If the person has a 680 to 720, they use different companies. And, and if they have you know 620 or below, then they're subprime and you're, it's going to be a, a high interest 
first loan. So those decisions can be made immediately based upon the automated uh, practice. In addition, it's selling consumer data has become such a profitable business because all you do is you buy servers and you license access to servers with passwords, right? You don't, so all you need is, uh, is, is consumer data in some server and then you give somebody a license for a fee to pull information out of that through the portal, through a password and a login. And each time that transaction occurs, they, they get paid for that. And so it, it, what's happened is it's just become this humongous industry of data servers selling information back and forth um, instantaneously over the Internet. And so it's just become a, uh, an explosion um, of the sale of consumer data. And what that's done is driven down the prices for consumer reports and background checks. Where you really see it is in the background check industry. It used to cost you know, a, a, you know, a decent amount of money for an employer to pull a background check on somebody. And because of that, all they, 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 they only used background checks, most employers, for high-level positions or you know, maybe positions that had security clearance or were managerial or corporate in right. nature. Now, whether it's somebody who's working to be a cashier at a McDonald's or a Rite Aid, because it's so cheap and easy through the automation, background checks are being run on everybody uh, in connection with job applications. So it's really automation driving prices down, driving access, um, and allowing decisions to be made by lenders and employers and users instantaneously. Oh, yeah, that's a perfect way to end. Well, we one thing that we need to recommend everybody to do is to get their own background check before they apply for a new job. So thank you so much, Jim. We are just out of time. You are terrific. And James Francis, well, why don't you just give your website again for everybody? And then it's time uh, to go. www.creditreportproblems.com. And um, it should have any type of information you need as a consumer to find out what your rights are. Um, as it pertains to consumer reports that are sold about you. You're terrific, Jim. And so we're so happy that you're out there just being the white knight and <laughs> saving us all. So thank you so much. We'll have you back again. Okay, Jim? Thank you very much. Okay, bye-bye. You've been bye-bye. listening to KUCI 88.9 FM and Irvine and KUCI.org. On the net, I'm Mari Frank. Join us every Monday morning at 8 a.m. Visit our website at KUCI.org slash privacypiracy. And write us about what you want to know about privacy in the information age. Thanks. Stay private. The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. 